On this week's episode of Friend Code, Ian and Don join me to talk about their final thoughts on Super Mario Maker 2. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. This week, I'm joined by Don Casanova. Hello. Hello, Don. And Ian Hink. Hey, I don't know about that final thoughts. We're not Nintendo. I never claim something is my final anything. Gotcha. <laughs> we, the thought process behind this is that we're going to talk about Super Mario Maker 2 because the final update for that game came out. Um, yeah. Just came out at the end of April. And now that everything's out for this game, and the two of you have pretty much probably the most experienced players with Super Mario Maker 2 here at Easy Allies... I wanted to have, I thought no two better people to have on to share their, you know, kind of looking back at Mario Maker 2, how you feel about it after everything was said and done. Um, but before we get to that, um, I do like to start even episodes that like we do like a laser focused um, deep dive into a single topic like this. I do like to have a, like a little bit of an opening here. And I wanted to just cover up, uh, I wanted to wrap up the Nintendo fiscal year report that came out recently we covered on the easy allies podcast ian was on there with me as well as some of uh some other allies we covered all the financial stuff but with these always comes uh an investor uh q a session and i just want to highlight a few bullet points because they paint a picture about where nintendo stands in terms of the rest of the year and the future because there's a lot of uncertainty because we haven't heard any updates from them there hasn't been any nintendo directs they're rumors that they might not do anything for several months now so what's going on and this kind of you know pull back the curtain a little bit a little bit to let's take a peek into their thought process so first uh so these all come from a nintendo president ceo shintaro furukawa these are all the statements he gave to uh and answers to the q a uh so the first one's about sh uh switch shipments because you might have noticed uh switch is kind of hard to get in the last month but yeah. uh it's not actually what we thought it was um, and things aren't actually and gonna apparently things are gonna get better for that it's not a situation so uh furukawa says that although the chinese factory suspended shipments of nintendo switches in february uh japan faced delays in putting new units on shelves because of that however that impact on overall business has been minor but he mentions that there are other titles they plan to release this year in addition to those already announced so they're talking about, we got other projects in the works. We, we, we got stuff and like those switch delay, like the shortage of switches, that's not going to impact us that much. Like w w apparently we got something covered here. Um, they do, uh, uh, Furukawa does say it may be difficult to finish development during the current situation though, as employees are working from home. Um, so their forecast they gave assumes that these projects will release as planned. So that's, the part they remain, remained a little ambiguous about is whether any of these announced projects that have a TBA by them, so like Metroid Prime 4, uh, Breath of the Wild yeah. 2, Bayonetta 3, these big games that we've already heard about, where are they? When are we getting an update? This They're like, hey, we're still working on them, but, you know, working from home is a little bit difficult. And uh, it kind of goes how I would imagine, though, you know, honestly. I, I expected, you know there to be delays from everybody. And we've kind of seen that already, you know, with the, like the delays of like the last of us two got the delay. Um, Ghost of, even Ghost of Tsushima got delayed. There's just projects are getting delayed left and right because of the situation. And I think, you know, Nintendo showing there are no exception to this. So I don't think this really surprises either of you, I would guess. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that they're even sticking to their guns and saying like, 
we might still hit these dates, like, or these, <laughs> these non dates, you know, like I, w- I would expect them. I mean, I guess it's an, in- since it's an investor Q and a probably they're going to be as cautious and vague as they possibly can be. <laughs> so maybe that's yeah. why. Yeah. I assume just like productions that are in the middle of shooting right now, yeah. it's like there's, guaranteed delays it's not the question of if it's like how long and yeah they basically need to toe the line though of be like they may already know some of these games are going to have six months or who knows greater delays but it's like it's sort of like they have to follow the uh what's officially announced uh, you know of of when these delays are going to keep getting pushed back and stuff but uh and and they're going to i mean i'm sure they're finding workarounds though crazy workarounds right now to be able to keep producing remotely yeah, imagine with Nintendo, the remote work thing seems to be probably the, like, it's not, I don't think it's a question of like the, maybe it's a question of the technical how-to, but how secretive they are, protective of their mm-hmm. works, that there's more of a chance stuff can leak or things go wrong because it's not all in a controlled environment back at their HQ. Uh, I wonder if this is something that slowed down the process. I think they might even have mentioned that as a concern before, but yeah, the the fact that yeah, everything you said, Don, I, I think it's they're just being, you know, cautious but also being as optimistic as they can to the people who are, you know, paying their bills essentially. Uh also the their statement about we have other games we haven't even announced yet that we still plan to have come out this year. So that opens the door to like all sorts of possibilities in terms of what like whatever they have ready, we can just be like, Hey, here announce it, announce it. I expect a lot of really quick shadow drop style announcements of your games that come out very soon after in this situation. There are, I don't think there'll be a lot, any like slow burn announcements, even like something a year out won't be announced a year in advance right. in the situation. Yeah. Cause it'll probably be stuff that was almost done anyway. Stuff that was just had marketing basically left and, uh, ready to go. That's a good point. We'll get to, uh, let me skip ahead to that one. Actually, Don, you mentioned marketing. Let me skip the, this, the, one of the bullet points was about, uh, Nintendo is working on the premise that the impact of COVID-19 will last for a long time. So marketing as an example, cannot continue as initially planned. And Nintendo is working around these issues. They are trying to be as flexible as possible, but it is difficult to know exactly what the future will hold. However, even as people around the world are required to stay home, they are still Uh, there's still demand for the entertainment industry. It's difficult to predict how the industry may change because of this. The gaming industry in Japan has never faced a crisis like this before. As employees are forced to work from home, Nintendo is investigating what can be done to increase productivity, make remote remote work more efficient, and understand what is and what isn't possible. So yeah, like marketing, as you mentioned, Don, is going to be a big issue because that has to be planned out in advance. I, I think it's just like that, and it's so much money spent on that they can't without like a concrete timetable plan and strategy. It sounds like things are going to be announced more, you know, on uh, like as they're ready. The it, future is shadow drops. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the nice. year of shadow drops. So get yeah. excited for that. The silver lining, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> uh, some good news for animal crossing new horizons. Uh, Nintendo says about 50% of all of the sales of that game were digital. Um, they understand that there are contributing factors such as a high ratio uh, and as such a high ratio is not forecasted to continue. Like this will not be the trend. They're basically saying that while digital sales will continue to increase on a wider scale, they, they understand that this unique situation contributed to it being a 50-50 split between physical and digital. Um, because yeah. that's a big milestone is when you cross, when you hit that mark and cross over it into more digital than physical. 
Um, but they're admitting they're that that's you know it's skewed by the current situation. I mean, it's yeah, it's going to be wild when, in the future when it's almost one hundred percent. I mean, immediate future, just because. Uh, People aren't going to be getting physical copies at all. The only reason the physical copy percentage of sales on that was so high is I'm sure just the pre-orders. Other, other than that, it would have been uh, because, you know, mm -hmm. we were already in it when that released, right? It was like right at the start of like the serious stuff here in the, it, at yeah. least in North when America. When it hit the West, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think it was just on that cusp where people would still be willing to go out and buy it. But I wonder... Stuff like this is encouraging because I think games, other games, especially not Nintendo games, like The Last of Us 2, I feel like that game was entirely delayed because they were worried about physical sales. And then I think in the end, they just made a call of like, we're seeing trends where digital will be just more than enough. We'll be fine. And like, we can't delay this until everything's fine again because it'll be too late. So they're yeah. just trusting that the, the these digital sales trend, the trend of increasing digital sales, especially during in, uh, the situation We'll hold up, and I think they will. I think it's a, I think it's the safest call, honestly, is just put your game out there and let people buy it digitally, and you'll. I think you'll be fine, honestly. Like everyone will who does this. Um, got a one last bullet point from them. Uh, while uh, Furukawa says that the Nintendo Switch is entering the middle of its life cycle. They may be reanalyzing the life cycle of the Switch compared to previous consoles. A lot of focus will be on software released at the beginning of the next fiscal year, or I mean, the one we just entered. The Switch has a lot of momentum right now. So the the whole thing about they they thought they were thinking this is the middle of the Switch life cycle, so like we're at the three year mark. So that would be like a six year console, and then reanalyzing it. I am curious as to. I wonder if that's code for as soon as momentum starts slowing down, we might escalate or speed up the development of the successor or the development of the successor hinges on when we see a downward trend versus we're going to let this keep riding like this, like this cycle could go longer if switch keeps the momentum up. Like there's no need to, to come out with the successors. How I read this. I don't yeah. know if either of you agree with that or not. I wonder if that includes like a pro model like a plus kind of variant. I would, I would say the pro would be part of this cycle because it's still a model. I would, uh, the talk about like a switch to or successor would be the yeah. start of the next cycle. So yeah. like a pro coming out in the next year or two, I don't think is, I mean, it's part of the strategy. It's basically extending the, the life of the, the, the system. But at the same time, with like momentum, like they just had, we covered on the main podcast, but Nintendo basically had, a fantastic fiscal year broke records yeah. beat all their estimates they're doing despite everything at, the, at least the beginning of all this the, this breakout they're doing fine they're doing really well so all indications like th there, there's no need no pressure on them to hurry up and get something new and exciting out to keep the momentum going well the crazy thing about it of how well they're doing is like they don't even need to rush to get the the pro out. I was thinking the when you're reading that, I thought I was thinking of the pro as the successor because they literally have that much cash in their bank. It's like the like they it's so crazy to think that they probably don't need to release the pro even and still be somewhat competitive with the next gen that's releasing later this year. Like if they like there's a really good chance that they don't need to release the pro for the holiday season and their sales will still be pretty good i mean wouldn't you say that's crazy 
Well, um, I think they're in a unique situation, unprecedented. That yeah, they're probably doing better because of because of everyone being in quarantine and self isolation. But then also, it's the perfect excuse to lengthen this cycle. Also, like, oh yeah, we planned on having a, a Switch Pro in late 2020 or early 2021. I mean, they, I don't think they would try to do it during the new consoles coming out. But uh, you know, like maybe holiday 2021. But now they can say like, oh, production was delayed because of covid situation yeah you know i feel like they uh they could have if they needed to like i felt i feel like right now if they weren't killing it so bad it was sales so good like they would be like well we can release our pro to compete basically with the next gen systems um and it would do that like but that was a decision they might have made like a year ago you know uh, or like a year ago they were thinking like well depending how the next year goes maybe we'll push that pro for a holiday 2020 release i don't know to me it seems like that yeah yeah i i think that, again i agree they think they're in a unique situation i think that they get to just stand by and watch what happens with the new console releases like the, i think they'll be fine through a decent amount of 2021 as long as the thing is software has to start coming in they do they do have to start having some software by like maybe the end of the year like Animal oh, Crossing yeah. is only going to carry them so far. It'll carry them for a few months for sure. Uh, they can definitely yeah. ride that momentum. But eventually, at some point in the second half of the year, they're going to need something else. Um, uh, yeah, I'm definitely. Going. I'm definitely starting to, you know, check the store again, the Nintendo shop again, to just be like, oh, is anything, a- a- anything at all? You know. <laughs> yeah. It's funny mm-hmm. though because to me, like. My PS4 feels archaic. It feels old. I mean, I don't have a Pro, which probably hugely can, you know, and it's like half broken. So all all of that contributes. But the Switch is three years old or whatever, and it still feels, it feels just as new and snappy. And like, and I think that's because they just made a choice, you know? They're not trying to do bleeding edge graphics and stuff like that. They're just trying to do like the Nintendo thing. And to me... Yeah, that takes the pressure off of them. They can they can iterate when, like, yeah, three years from now, whatever. Maybe, and it'll be fine. And it's funny, too. Another thing that'll be interesting to see how it plays out is their strategy with, like, releasing their virtual console games mm-hmm. and everything being an online-only thing mainly and stuff and how limited that has been. It'll be interesting to see if they shift up that strategy of how they do release some of their library again now that it's been, like, a year or two since the Mini came out and maybe there's some more interest in that, like, it'd be interesting if they actually expand that more just because they are going to be dealing with delays of production of the, you know, new stuff, triple A stuff. And everything. Yeah. I mean, they really haven't updated those two catalogs, NES and SNES libraries. <laughs> I would wager they might be getting ready to start releasing stuff piecemeal or like collections of games piecemeal on the eShop and stop adding stuff to either of those two services. Um, I, the time feels right for that to me. Like it feels like it's been, long enough and everything where it's like oh, i may buy a lot of those titles for a fifth time now. <laughs> especially people asking where some of the, the classic games are because th- those companies probably realize there's value in them stop like we're ready to dance nes nes classic we're not giving you to them giving you them again unless we get you know we want we want more of a cut and the best way to probably get that is let them sell it on the eShot themselves so yeah. usual mainstays like chrono trigger everyone's 
asking Chrono Trigger, just a standalone Chrono Trigger release, even a port of, you know, the version that like the DS version or whatever that has like all the quality of life enhancements and stuff would be an excellent addition. So they're definitely, and switch to your point earlier, Ian, I think what uh, Nintendo's done so well, the new, like the feeling of newness is they've been really smart or at least third parties have been sort of smart about what they bring over and they brought over like older games, but exciting older games that yeah. you want to replay. They seem to know the timing of it too. Uh, they, they'll unveil them and be, remember this game you haven't played in a few years, it's hitting switch and it's at a discount or something. And people were just say, yeah, I'll do a replay of that. I imagine switch pro isn't re- like if that happens. That's not realistically going to get, I don't think the end goal is to get Switch to get, uh, sorry, to get a lot of those third-party ports of the newer entries, especially as they hit PS5 and Xbox Series X. I think it's to start bringing over the early PS4, like Xbox, uh, Xbox mm. One catalog, like the 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 middle of the decade games. Start bringing some of those to Switch potentially, and have them like the like near Automata. Like everyone's been asking where near Automata is on on Switch. I think like something <laughs> might need something like a that Switch. That thing Pro. barely ran on a PS4. So it's like you know, maybe a Switch Pro is needed for something like that. Or, I mean, I'm not the best to uh, break down that the technical needs of those games, but I think that I don't think I'm too far off base with that. This is a way to also extend their life cycle. It's like, we're going to expand our catalog by adding in games from the most recent generation, but they've just got to be desirable games. But I think publishers are pretty in tune with what works well on Switch. Remind me, Damiani, was the um, Mario like combo pack of sunshine 64 and galaxy oh, the, one was that a rumor or did rumor. they announce that they have not announced that just multiple sources reported on oh it. okay uh, okay you're okay. like yeah a bunch of european outlets and then a uh the, like a few north american outlets followed suit uh indication was that was supposed to be announced maybe sometime this summer yeah because um, well, now so they're we'll not see. doing e3 uh, or a, or a direct during the e3 yes. time period so yeah. i wonder yeah so I, my guess, I mean, I would expect something maybe in July or August from Nintendo. I, I think June, they might sit out June. There might, I think June will have individual updates for them, especially about Smash Brothers, because there's supposed to be a new character coming out for Smash uh, Ultimate. Uh, there's supposed to be the Pokemon DLC. First pack is coming out in June. So I think they'll do individualized, specialized like announcements slash trailers. There just won't be a, a Nintendo Direct style or something, a big presentation with a lot of announcements in it. Uh, for several months, I would have guessed. But yeah. That's probably where it might be in. But speaking of Mario, um, let's talk about some Super Mario Maker 2. I noticed, uh, one of these three screens uh, does not belong, unfortunately. <laughs> um, seeing if Don I and Ian if rocking I the, the Mario Maker <laughs> backgrounds here, but not me. Uh <laughs> Yeah, what's yours? My Breath bad? of the Wild was that? That's nighttime Breath of the Wild. I think it's yeah. like a touched up wallpaper. Too, yeah, it looks like a, the, yeah. moon, the moon does not look <laughs> that good yeah. in the it game. Nice. But it's a nice piece of uh, wallpaper. I like. Yeah. You're just keeping uh, that hope for Breath of the Wild 2 alive. Yeah. Just, it's just like me trying to, you know, do everything I can, as you said. To, well, like, <laughs> yeah. Borrow some Huber's willpower, whatever it takes, just to keep it alive. Yeah. Uh, but as I said at the top of the podcast, Ian and Don, you're probably Top the two allies who spent the too. most time in Mario Maker 2. Um, this game has gotten several free updates uh, post-launch. 
and uh, also said the top podcast the final one just came out uh the most recent one was on april 22nd nintendo officially said on their page for the update it says this is the final update for super mario maker 2. Uh, just yeah. for our, our listeners and our viewers real quick, uh, just to recap what was added. Uh, World Maker Mode, um, they added the seven couplings, each with their own uh, movement patterns and stuff like that. Uh, additional power-ups uh, from, uh, from Super Mario Bros. 2. Um, there's some from, uh, there was like the Mushroom Super Mario Bros. 2, Frog Suit from Super Mario Bros. 3. Uh, Power Balloon from Super Mario World and Super Acorn from New Super Mario Bros. U and a Boomerang Flower from Super Mario 3D World. And there are also five new variations for wearable wearables like the Cannon Box and Propeller Box from the Super, 3D Mar- uh, Super Mario 3D World game. Um, so I want to I know your thoughts, Ian and Don, about the state of Mario Maker now that everything's out, how you felt about this journey from launch to, to where we're at and in just, you know, have you been generally satisfied with what you got in the sequel? Yeah. It's even more goady now than it's ever been. It got robbed in 2016 <laughs> or whenever the hell this thing came out. <laughs> when did this game come out? 2017? Uh, Mario Maker uh, 2 came out no, last year. 2018, 2019? That was last year? Last year. Yeah, it was last year. 2020 <laughs> has been like five years long yeah, already. I, I don't I forget. It came out not even a year ago, actually. Yeah, really? Summer, it came out last July. July, or July last oh my year. God. Yeah. still got a few more months. <laughs> that feels year. like years ago. Yeah, it does. It feels Legitimately. Like <laughs> so much of that. Well, maybe let's start with the, the biggest thing, the, the World Maker. Yeah. I think a lot of people yeah. are curious about that because I would... Am I correct in assuming that's like the most significant content update they've done to the game? It it is and it isn't, kind of. How's that well, so? Well, it looked like you were going to say something, Don. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, it is and it isn't because what it actually includes, you know, like the meat and bones of it is maybe not as significant, uh, like this massive amount of assets or options, but what it does to the rest of the game is the most significant thing that they've added because it, 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 it reaches out and adds value to everything else in the game. You know, it changes things uh, so much because first of all, one of the major problems that it had before and the original game had were, you know, you had items like one ups and even stars to a certain extent and even coins that were essentially a little bit useless to a certain extent, unless the coins you essentially, unless you're using them for P-Switches or something else, it's like there was no point to collecting coins, which is a cornerstone of Mario, and there was no point to finding a one-up. And you had to be really creative if you wanted to create things within your level of like secrets or hiddens or little bonuses. you got to figure out like, well, what could I do that would be a bonus? Because usually it could be like the one-up is a bonus. So that's just a super small example of now a one-up has massive value because now you do need to get one-ups because you have a series of levels you have to complete, you know, and it's just the beautiful thing they've done with a pretty simple set of assets that they added in the map maker. Yeah, Ian? Yeah, I think the, like the, I second everything Don said and like the map maker itself, which if you're watching this in a video, you can see behind me right now is, is, I mean, it's got the perfect vibes it's it's just happiness incarnate to look upon a Mario Maker world, uh, you know, and 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 so that aspect of it I like the the editor itself, 
is quirky. It's simplistic, um, but it gets the job done. It has a few little weird things, like if you have a grass patch down, you can't just put a path on top of it. You have to delete it and then put a path grass patch down, like little weird <laughs> nitpicks like that. But like that's not the end of the world, right? And you can have five courses with three toad houses on it. Two of the toad houses are new games. One of them is the match three, uh, the three have. Uh, three quarters, you know, sliding by. Uh, other one is just inflate a thing and get something. It's pretty, pretty whatever. And then there's a really great baseball one that's just fantastic, um, which I don't think was in any of the other Mario games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, like, kind of like what Don says, it's 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 a simplistic add-on if you look at it just by features, but the kind of like the vibes of it and the, the implications of it are way better. So like, like Don was saying, the idea of making your own Mario world game has been there since Mario maker one. And everyone was like, why can't you do this? I want to, I want to have people go through my levels in order, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, now there's just a way to do that. Uh, each player gets one world. So you can't like upload eight different games. You get eight worlds in your one big game but it's named after your player uh, name. So, you know, mine would be Super Lilia World. That's my username. And if I add on another world, it just overwrites the old one. Uh, but I, I think that it's super cool and it incentivizes one-ups and all that kind of stuff like Don said in a great way. Yeah, it was my most wanted feature. I had said it before. I mean, I couldn't really believe it wasn't there when the game launched because you really expect it was one of my most wanted features in the first one was not necessarily even a map maker, but like just the ability to link a sequence of levels together yeah. because that adds so much. I mean, to me, that gets my creative creativity going so much ever since this map maker update has been released. It's like the game has been reinvigorated for me because I'm just like, I have so many ideas. It's, it brings in a whole other universe when you're thinking of like connecting things beyond just the one stage. And also just the joy of being able to create little themed worlds where you say, okay, now I'm going to have four, what, you know, snowy courses. It also highlights some of the limitations of the game itself too, though. But I guess maybe we'll get that later. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, the first one that comes to mind, Don, is the thing you wanted to do that it doesn't carry over items from level to level. Um, oh, right, right, right. Which, yeah, of course, one. in Mario Maker is because if you change styles, some items aren't in mm. other styles, you know? So they couldn't do, like, the bank of mushroom kind of a thing, like, from the early games, which is a bummer. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I see. So, um, yeah, not knowing about that, I mean, this always, the reason I, I thought this would be the biggest deal, at least the thing that's most appealing to me to, to finally convince me to jump in and play this game, um, for someone who's not as interested in the creative uh, aspect of it, like creation part of it, I should say, versus the consumption part of it, this seemed like the most obvious angle um, that you were alluding to, to saying that this is something people have been asking for forever. But uh, so many of the questions revolved around the limitations and you know, you're just saying that, items don't even carry over between levels and stuff like that because this the, the the presentation offers the very least the illusion of continuity that you can make a a, a themed world like world your world one behind there like like plains world or whatever yeah and all the levels should be like grassy plains themed or if you have an ice world it's basically all ice level um, so that's still there 
if you want to do that. But there is a nice thing about having like, oh, I earned this item in this level because it's going to be useful in this later level, which impacts how maybe you design, but also like the, the, the ability to branch out levels, like making levels with two exits. So maybe there's like an alternate mm. path here. Like the, the, the I, I would imagine the list of limitations, we'll get to those for sure. Cause we're going to talk about later. We're talking about like what didn't make the cut in this game that you'd like to see in the future. And I imagine one of the things is something to make a more robust world maker that like, you could straight up make a like a, a dedicated standalone Mario game, upload it. When I download it, it's got like a, your title screen or whatever, hit start, and I play your game and progress carries through everything and I reach an end and I get end credits or something and it has your names or whatever names you want to do. Like that's, I would imagine, is like the <laughs> true just like dream end goal for a Mario well, Maker but, game. But that's why that word, final, <laughs> final update like ever since i saw that it's been like ringing in my ears like an 80s movie you know just like final update final it, update. So, it was so odd how it's they so brought odd. attention to that in that way i still think so. well and it must be because they did some kind of like cost benefit analysis and we're like okay we we pushed five million whatever 5.1 million units that's pretty darn good for mario maker 2 let uh but we have sales have slowed down we don't anticipate that this world maker update will convince that many people to buy a new copy tra la la we're gonna call it done we're just gonna you know we're gonna sit on it now and and it's not like it's buggy or anything so as far as i've seen and so it's just a weird kind of disheartening well i read it as i guess a business decision but like it's kind of a bummer to just know that they're not gonna add things anymore (laughs) Yeah, it's a weird business decision, I think, though, because it's kind of like the thing of like, if it is a business decision, it seems like a decision that like, but why would they have to make that public knowledge? Like, why why say say, unless you want people to somehow you want people to shut up about it <laughs> Stop rushed, bothering like, us. are you going to increase sales because somehow you're like well this is i, I don't know um they have been vocal about some of their other games that this is like the final update like splatoon 2 was splatoon, a big one yeah they, they did said that, they yeah. were like being because that was a game that was heavily played online people were expecting constant yeah. updates for that game um the, i mean their games have gotten like no updates like super mario party has been nowhere yeah. mario kart 8 deluxe got updates and, and they said like the final paid one but then they did a stealth free update uh, with the link, the master cycle and uh, breath of the wild link uh, breath of the wild had DLC, but they did say like, this is the final, we have no more plan. They've been, this is a trend for them at the very least. Yeah. It's mm. interpreting. Like, it's figuring out why, because as you, as Ian mentioned and the fiscal uh, the, through the end of March of this year, lifetime sales for this game are 5.48 million. 5.48. Really, okay. really high. Higher That's than good, some other yeah. games that you might expect. It's up there. Um, not quite in the top 10, but very close to top 10 sales for, for Switch. And you'd think, why would they want to keep this going and stuff? So, like, the question about why would they stop this? And then what does this mean for the future? It's like, it gets you thinking about both those simultaneously, for sure. Yeah, maybe they're working on something else. Yeah. Zelda it makes Maker. Think, it makes you think there has to be something that they want to turn your attention. Yeah, they want you to be able to jump on board and say, this is it because... They wanted to prep you for something in the future because otherwise it doesn't make enough sense to me because the other part of it honestly is with sales that high and I thought I felt this about the same the first one I felt like it was one of the few games that could have like roadmapped out a paid DLC uh, structure that would have been so successful and I think this one too could have 
had like several paid DLC packages that would have, I assume, done really good that could basically be asset packs. I mean, there's still mm. so many assets that haven't been released. And like, I think people would be willing to pay, you know, you'd have free and paid, okay? So they're giving you something. But like, I think people would have spent <laughs> like, I mean, I would have probably spent at least another 50 or $60 on asset packs if they you're, would have made them available. You're channeling the Jurassic Park lawyer, Don. You're like, <laughs> 5000 a day, 10000 a day, people will pay it. <laughs> Paid asset packs. Well, the coupon day. <laughs> the coupon day. Well, uh, I was just going to say that. You don't want to buy the assets? You can still play the levels. You can download right. the levels. Yeah. You won't get to build with the assets. Yeah, try it. Like, see how they look and stuff. And then, yeah. now you're, and then at the end, like, would you like to get these assets? You know, they're yeah. available now. The, the, hopeful, the hopeful person in me is saying, okay, yeah, they... They clearly love this game. Maybe they respect their player base enough to say this is the final one. Maybe that's why they always do that. Who knows? But the the hopeful person in me is saying, like, yeah, they're getting out of the way because they're working on Super Metroid Maker. And, like, because that would be tight. (laughs) Well, before before we speculate about where they might go different from Mario, uh, before and before we even move on from Mario Maker 2, I mean, this will transition into the future of Mario Maker. Uh, I do have one patron question here about from uh, Judd Crane about what was left out that you might have expected to see and expect to probably see in a future installment of this. Hello, allies. I was wondering if Ian and Don had any ideas for the Mario Maker games that they haven't seen implemented or want to see implemented in a future title. Love and respect. I mean, the first one, the, the biggest, most glaring thing to me is that empty world style oh, square. Yeah. Like, even in the UI, there's a there's a spot yes. for another one. And, I don't even care the, which one it is. Mario Two Galaxy yeah. seems too hard. Well, why honestly. wasn't it Mario Two? If they released Mario the Mario Two guy, it's like this was the perfect. Why didn't they yeah. just release the skin pack? Well, know. and there's the line there, which makes me think it would be another 3D one. But isn't yeah. Wii up with the other ones? No, I'm trying to remember. The yeah, one. it's up there with the other ones. Weird. Yeah. So like. Oh, I mean, a Paper Mario one would have been crazy. Oh, gosh, yeah. it's a whole other ball game. But like, yeah, I don't know. That that's the first thing. It would have made sense down there though, because the only one that's on that bottom bracket is 3D World, and that's the only one that you can't just swap out the right. theme mid level. So it would make sense if you did something a little different, that's like weird, uh, yeah, Paper Mario or something that had to be in its own unique style and couldn't be switched. Uh, who yeah. knows? RPG um, Mario RPGs world style (laughs) i think there's a whole there's quite a few things i mean i've obviously got like a short laundry list of things they could add but i think the biggest thing overall that wasn't realized in this game that i would look for in the next one that i really expected was a true two-player or a true cooperative building uh infrastructure to the game you know uh being able to collaborate on the same level, being able to maybe share share save files at the very least, um, being able to uh, even like access the like sort of a blueprint mode of levels that are that you can download to play, so that you can at least like study and investigate yeah. how people built their levels um, in in an editor style mode, which is kind of the point of the game, you know, um, things like that yeah, that not- really make it. Not being uh-huh. able to download someone's level and at least look at the the guts is weird still. Yeah, and that would be especially since it's 
designed on sort of like you sort of learn by doing, it's like that would be the best educational tool they could include in there is just let you see how other people do their stuff yeah. you know, and figure it out. It'd be wonderful. So I think that's like what I expected most of it when they first advertised it because they made it such a thing of like two and then you see Mario Luigi and you're like, oh, this is going to be like our super collaborative, uh, open-ended system that they've created. But and it was essentially... To beat the comments to it, like we know that there is a co- co-op building mode, but it's like weird. Oh yeah, it's like yeah. not good. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you should be able to create. Like we should be able to both create a level together. You know. Yeah. Or it's or little... the thing I was surprised that World didn't have honestly is uh, maybe someone has to be on your friends list or something, or they have to click yes on their end or something in the game. But I'm I'm a little surprised you can't. Like, I can't put some of Don's levels in my Mario Maker world. It makes sense mm. that they're all your levels. I get it. But it was something I wondered if it was part of Yeah, it would be such a wonderful thing to be able to take, even that, to be able to... It'd be uh, good for share. our streams anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially Nintendo trying to push the, their online subscription service. Just adding more functionality to, to online development of their, their levels, like adding more co-op functionality. As you said, mm-hmm. like, uploading... Don makes works on a level, saves it, and then gives access to certain people on your friends list to to go in and you know edit it as well. So Ian, once you've locked it and saved it, a new version, I'll save that version. Ian could just come in and then do edits on that as well. Save that, updates that version, having maybe like the last three versions saved or something like that. Yeah. So in case something goes wrong. Also, Don, I think we were talking about this at one point or I overheard you talking about this one point. Uh, once like a level gets closer to completion, adding friends or approved list of people to like QA test mm, it. So test, maybe yeah. you don't have to complete your own level, but if someone can complete your own level, uh, they, they can improve. And also they can leave notes, like a way to highlight things, be like, someone does something, they don't like a jump, they can highlight it and then annotate it and say, you need to raise this incline or something, or you need to lower this platform or something like that would be, be invaluable, I feel like. And so, so integral to making it more of like a team, like going towards like a team-based, more than just co-op, like making it a team-based project thing, which I think is one of the ways I can really expand upon Mario Maker, this Maker games in the future and leverage was, that online. I was thinking how we could do like Don's Design Lab style content during quarantine, you know, where we can't mm. can't get to each other and can't play a level without making it public. And besides just like watching Don play it over Discord, I can't think of a way to do it, you know, and like that would it's be a, yeah. such a it's such a tricky thing too because even if you're trying to design it to lev- together, if you're not together, the one person you can't you can't just hand them the controller and then right. and the one per- I mean, even that would be amazing. Is if oh. you could both be in the level, but there's only there's a passive player and an active player, and at any time you can switch back and forth. So you can both be at your homes, both inside of the same level, both building. Perhaps there would even be a way to both be active players in different areas of the stage. So you're not like, you know, it's not getting confused on updating the same area. But at yeah. very least, you could do a handoff function. You could press a button, switch, play, you know, switch the controller, and then see you're the active one. And the other person could possibly even be at the same time play testing the last saved version of it. Or, you know what I mean? It's like there's a lot of options that come to your mind. Um, when you start thinking about how they could make it more of a like true collaborative thing. And to be clear, like, you know, this is a game that I deeply love, 
and I, I know Don does as well. So it's like, we're not, you know, we're not saying like, how dare you not put these Probably in not. or anything, but it's, you know, it's, it's fun to dream and, and oh, yeah. they're, they're always going to oh, be things yeah. that you could improve, you know? We're, yeah. I'm very, very, very happy with this game. I mean, like I said, I'm right back in it now again. I was just playing it yesterday, designing like a level I'm more excited about than I've been in a while. Oh, so, man. uh, I haven't. I want to play your world on a stream, Don. Maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe someday. Yeah, we got to do something. Um, but that, yeah, that comes to mind in terms of just dreaming of the future. And also, I mean, I would say the one other thing, you know, obviously more enemy types and all of that. They could. There's still a lot of stuff that's like that aren't in the game, just in terms of individual assets. But um, the other thing though that that didn't. It stood out to me in the past, but it didn't really stand out. It was kind of uh, accentuated once the world map builder came out was the fact that they're just so rigid in mixing um you know palette styles with background styles and not being so for instance yeah. like you know the castle has to be castle bricks mm, the forest, forest has to be forest the land has to be land and it's like okay why not allow people to just switch that there really is no harm they've already broken the mold in other little areas of the games in terms of like people are creating stuff that aren't you know true to the mario brand in any kind of ways they've already opened that door so it's like why not just let people totally choose so that because right now it's kind of a bummer it's like i want to make a snow world but all i can really do if i want to stay in theme is make for actual snow levels i can't make like a snow castle i can't make like a a snow right. tropical place mm. with water and all that and 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 the same thing with uh, the limitation of you know like the the water level is only available on forest for instance which is such an odd limitation because you say well in the games they usually had it like on the caribbean style levels and like why not just make like why couldn't you do a ghost house with the water level or any i mean it's there that i think is if there is a super mario maker 3 uh i anticipate that being the big change like and not not only that, but I would go one further that I think they would make it so that you could um, switch game styles mid-level. Like there'd be like a POW switch oh. or something that switches from oh. one to three. You know? <laughs> Maybe not really... to 3D World or yeah. something, but like yeah. any of the interchangeable ones, I think, I think that Mario 3, that'd be a fun thing to play with. But also, yeah, switching room styles and stuff. Yeah. mixing it up like that i think it maybe would be a cool uh spin for the third one uh, and the one other thing i guess i'll say about the assets i mean one reason obviously they have limited what asset you know giving every enemy and every item from each version is because you do get a, probably a lot of buggy weird stuff happening with the different styles right and the fact that stuff isn't available and this and that but it's like just make it where you can do a lockdown version where you can be like, okay, I'm locked into Super Mario World. Let me just have, you know, now I have access to all these additional items that are all within Super Mario World that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that'd be nice. But, uh, yeah. The other, the other big glaring weird thing is why have a story mode that shows you how to do stuff, cool stuff in the game that contains features that you can't do in the Mario Maker <laughs> mode, like uh, rescuing Toad and stuff. Like weird, little weird, like that's weird. <laughs> that's, yeah, I, th I thought for sure that they would add that into this, uh, but they didn't. But hmm. it's the final update, so. It was odd, yeah, because... 
it is in the game. It's, <laughs> it's, it's in the game. It's literally it yeah, there. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you did it already. Those are always the weirdest for sure. I definitely Let agree with that. Let me rescue hostages. <laughs> Mortal Kombat <laughs> did that several times where they'd have like characters in the story mode that then they just yeah. didn't give you access to and they the mo- everything like, to model why? and yeah. everything was there. Why are you well? us like this? Um, kind of going on what you were saying, Don, about an Indian, about potentially switching styles like in the middle of a, like a level um, and like removing that kind of like gate um, to being able to mix and match things to have a little bit more creative freedom. Uh, this next question kind of talks to maybe the philosophy for why Mario Maker has been, has worked so well and why there might be some people should have some, maybe be more, a little bit more cautiously optimistic about jumping to a different franchise per se. Because I have a theory oh, yeah. about why Mario's translates so well into Mario Maker. So this comes from Edvin. Hello, allies. Something I often hear people talk about is the potential of Maker titles for other franchises, whether it be 3D Mario, Zelda, Metroid, Metroid sorry, or otherwise. However, I am personally quite skeptical. Part of what makes Mario Maker function so well is how homogenous the franchise has remained throughout its history. There are few other Nintendo franchises wherein I can imagine the game regressing a decade at the press of a button while still having its gameplay remain consistent. If Nintendo decides to make more Maker games, how do you envision that they would circumvent these issues? Do you think, uh, do you think these are even issues in the first place? Would love to hear your thoughts, love, and respect. Yeah, I mean, they're... Oh, Don, you're muted, I think. Uh, sorry, Don, we lost you for a sec. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, uh, I, I completely agree. Edwin, right? I completely mm-hmm. agree. Uh, like, Mario Maker, or Mario as a series, is to me one of the just most pure examples of unadulterated, just like perfect gameplay. Like, it just is... They nailed it, by and large, right out of the gate. Like, and it wasn't broke, so they didn't fix it. And like, it is a testament to the perfect design of Mario that like the jumping feels the same up until the terrible 3D one. And, and like, uh, <laughs> well, although with the update, Ian, you got to check out 3D World. It's actually I know. kind of fun. The, the new I've been meaning to. I've, the I new just helmets. started playing. It's the first time I started playing it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's why I think like a Zelda maker, unless it's just um, Link to the Past, like top-down style, you know, uh, would be kind of weird. But also Super Metroid Maker, if it's like Super Metroid, um, could work uh, because it is 2D, it's tile-based, and it follows rules, and you could show like jump pads and stuff, and you, you could have a lot of the similar tools in place to make an experience that's good. The downside is that Mario Maker, you know, contains seven games in it. What? How many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right? Uh, that feels too high. But I think uh, only what five? five? I don't know. Five. The new one, yeah. Yeah, Mario One, Three World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five different games okay. in it. Uh, so you have five different art styles. I don't know how many, uh, like they would have to adapt the Metroids kind of right to, to mm. fit into all one kind of mold. Cause every Metroid game kind of shook it up a little bit. Um, 
I know that Samus Returns is close enough probably, but like, whatever. I think that that one might work because it's like pure enough gameplay. Uh, you could probably do a Kirby Maker, though I don't know if there'd be as much demand. Um, yeah. I th- yeah. I- I'll go ahead, Damian. I was going to say, I-, I think if they jump to another series, it's going to have to regress back to Mario Maker 1 style, I think. Fewer fewer different options to pick from in terms of like temp- like uh, art styles. I, I mean, honestly, when you say Metroid, I imagine they're only doing two styles at first. Like, yeah, OG, yeah. maybe or, OG Metroid and, and Super Metroid. I mean, I think OG Metroid. Yeah, or I mean, I'd be happy just Super. Uh, and same thing with Zelda. I mean, and there are people probably want like Zelda 1 style, but I'd be happy just to link to the past style for, for, for that. I mean, I, I think they would probably do, for Zelda, I can easily see them doing either Zelda 1 style which would probably be like the weakest of the three I'm going to mention. A Link to the Past, which would probably be the most popular. Uh, and then A Link Between Worlds slash like the 3DS Zelda style, which is still top down, but it's 3D models because then you can have those all work within the same rules. So they do have three styles of, uh, of retro Zelda game that they could put in there that would feasibly work. I mean, there's all, there's, there's styles in between. There's like the Link's Awakening template. There's uh, the Minish Cap. There's, there are a ton of different ones, but the issues we were just talking about and uh, uh, that uh, Edvin was also alluding to is I, I think you're going to run into some problems when you try and bring in those games, rules, and physics, and it's going to be a mess no matter how you cut it. And like Mario's but, just easier to translate. Well, beyond that, like Mario, you know, the longest a level can ever be is like, what, 500 seconds? It's there. It the design inherent to the game is bite-sized, shareable pieces. Whereas, yeah. like making a whole Zelda game, like a most people won't finish it. B most people's won't be good. C most people won't play through an entire Zelda game. Like maybe it would be yeah. a Zelda dungeon. Maker. That's what I was gonna say. I because if you look at uh, Link's Awakening, the feature right. they included, they're not really Zelda Maker. Is here are some templates. For dungeons you get to put the rooms in there you you also have room templates and you get to mix and match those to an extent and create your own dungeon that people can complete i i think that would be the building block of a zelda maker um and then potentially down the road you can make like an overworld and make like a whole like connect dungeons together yeah so like you could like finding it's one dungeon you can even put like multiple like you don't have to worry about other dungeons you can make a dungeon with multiple items and stuff like you can get kind of more elaborate and i think you see some crazy cool stuff with that at the same time once you start ramping up to what makes zelda zelda at least the the older style 2d zeldas it's going to ask i think a little bit more and that's where you might start to lose people and gets a little too complicated and metroid i have no idea how to make like a basic building block for that. <laughs> yeah. That is because uh, the joy that, of it is yeah. the huge interconnected nightmare. <laughs> you know that one. I I would. I mean, I know people would love to see it, but I think it's one of the least likely to happen. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I think it's really fun. It's really fun to fantasize about like almost any game <laughs> with a maker version, and I think any game would work actually, right? Um, I don't think they would almost no game though would be successful and it, as like being fun for very long or being sales-wise successful, except for maybe a very small group of people. The reason is because Mario Maker has a few things working for it that is so unique for what it is. Like Ian said, first, the inherent gameplay 
just the act of jumping, right? Everything is based just on jumping, just jumping and breaking a brick, just jumping and hitting a question block. That action alone is like satisfying and fun, okay? And so like the simplest gameplay action of like just Mario, just controlling Mario on a still screen of having him run, jump, even one block is like generally a fun little experience, right? It reminds me of Trials where like just the act of accelerating the motorbike and being able to flip whatever just the basic gameplay movement the at its most most basic is fun and that's not necessarily the case in almost every single game where you can just be stuck on one screen with nothing and like just the very most basic right and the reason this needs to be fun is because like for the editor based thing of being constantly let me replay this part replay just this tiny little segment if it's fun as an editor game and not just a game you're playing yeah yeah then that the the mechanics of it the most basic mechanic needs to be super fun forever which is kind of how mario is that you never get old with that feeling of just the control feels so good the gameplay and then another thing that's working for it that isn't working for all the other series even as popular as they are metroid and everything is just like the yeah universal understanding of how the gameplay works like every almost everyone on the planet understands how you play a Mario level um, no matter what even people that don't play any other games whatsoever almost actually would understand and so that sort of like saturation of understanding has is so widespread that it makes Mario Maker so accessible and um, it's just super fun to play, yeah, and easy. It's easy for anyone to design a level, basically a fairly decent level or a crazy level or whatever. Whereas, you know, Metroid, it would be very, very, very difficult to like design an engaging level. Zelda, just for the average player who's gonna be, the one who's gonna design the level after even one day, it may become very tedious for them. The level of detail and the amount of what goes into just that style of game is so different. Even a game that's not so different, like in the past I thought the Mega Man series would be really great for this, and I still think that would be one of the stronger ones, but even that, it's very, it's way more difficult than people imagine to design a fun Mega Man level, because, and one of the reasons is because, you know, just simply jumping and shooting with Mega Man is okay, but it's not, you know, uh, amazing. The level is what makes it amazing, the way everything's designed, the enemy strategy, whereas Mario, you can have an almost thoughtless thing just slapped together, and many times it's very fun, you yeah. know, just to traverse it. Um, I think it's like a much steeper climb for almost any other series to try to do. It's almost impossible for it to pull off in the way Mario has. It's, and it's been difficult for me to try to think, even over the past year since the first one of another franchise, who could have as much success or be as easy, I think it would work and it'd be brilliant. And like fans of Castlevania and Metroid would love it to have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. I just don't know if after a month it would be like as engaging as Mario Maker is, you know? I also wonder, I mean, there's been a lot of demand or at least some feedback that says, give us Maker versions of these other series that we've been talking about. Part of me wonders how much of that is due to new 2D entries from those games just don't happen or aren't very mm. often or haven't happened in a long time. And people just like are tired about it. But the, now that you've like, I, I was always on board that there it was very likely that I thought it was very likely that we'd move on to uh, something more ambitious than Mario maker. But after thinking about this question, hearing both of you talk about it for a bit, it does make me really rethink that 
now I'm like, hmm, maybe Mario Maker 3 or something Mario Maker next, whatever it's going to be, is probably more likely than a dedicated Maker game on any other franchise, the very least. I think what they did with like that Zelda update, they might have fun with that, like adding in elements from other games just to like, hey, mess around with these, you know, just to, like as a you know, a little bit of a nod to them, but it's not exactly playing those games. Because earlier you were talking about so much stuff that they could still add to these games. So many there's still a, a decent list, I think, uh, a lot of more dedicated Mario Maker players for where this go. And just like art cells alone. There there's the ones we've been teased about and you know where they could go with adding in more styles. I mean, they might not be able to do like the switch thing you've wanted, like between the styles, like on the flyer thing, but maybe they do, you just have to exit out and go into the different style and they just give you more styles. They're just not compatible with each other, but that's where they decide to go. They do give you a, a Super Mario Buddy 2 template. They give you uh, Yoshi's Island template or whatever. Uh, they give you Super Mario 6. Like, I mean, 3D Mario is a whole other thing. I think that's even... Even going to 3D Mario is more complicated than sticking with 2D. I, I think I was, 3D Mario is a little far-fetched. Yeah, I think it, 3D, it's just a whole other thing, except I was just thinking about, like, you could conceivably do a, like, Luigi's Mansion Maker in the new style, and you just have room layout tools like in Animal Crossing where you're just top-down, and then you Ooh. put stuff in, and then you can move through it. But... Like Don said, like Don, you you put it so perfectly. It kind of like convinced me that that I don't think anything else is likely because it's just like oh no, <laughs> well no, but it, but I think you're right in a way. Like nothing will be as just minute to minute satisfying. I think uh, yeah, they really also, have to think it through and make it fun. You know, I, I think even you know Don table, table for this Don. Like I was going to ask What's you, Don, I think there's just enough on the table left for Mario Maker as a series that there's enough unfinished things here that before moving oh, yeah. on to something else, you'd think they'd want to like put in everything people wanted for this. Like there's still a way to go higher with this. Why would you jump to something else now and in the band? Like, because you risk messing up doing another one. And if you came back to the Mario Maker, be like, oh, they're falling back on this because they couldn't get it right. You know, it'll like sow some doubt, weren't it? So like I think you're right, Don. This has to be. I, I think, I'm a believer, to me Don. Now, <laughs> I think Mario Maker is a staple of every new system at at the least. Like I think it would just feel like here's the new one, no matter what. Um, so yeah, what were you going to say, Don? I think there's a good chance, though. You know where we might see? Whoops! Look at that. That's cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo ninjas. They don't like Don talking. Uh, just move um, your, yeah, there you go. There you the one. The one. Uh, <laughs> The one place we may see it pop up, though, because you bringing up the Zelda, uh, um, the, the Link edition in uh, Mario Maker is a great point, Damiani, because even trying to de design a level with that is not tedious, but it takes a lot more thought and it's very difficult, but it's brilliant that they did it and it shows you, you know, well, why wouldn't they be able to add it could be a mario maker but perhaps they'll do something crazy like give you some like the same way they made it where you can play link you know you can make yeah. it somewhat do it for castlevania like why wouldn't if they added castlevania assets if they were able to somehow you know get the deal done yeah. <laughs> let's mm -hmm. just say it seems like it's essentially a very similar like if they got the link movement to work if they can get mario maker 2 or i'm sorry super mario from part two to work with his mechanics why couldn't they just swap out 
palettes and basically give you like little truncated version of a Mega Man maker, a Castlevania maker. There's quite a few two-day uh, 8 and 16-bit games that they could like, I don't know. I mean, perhaps. I think that's, that's a brilliant idea. You, the next one's called like Super Mario Maker Mix-Up or something. And it's like yeah. just a whole bunch of time. Like they make it the gimmick and it's like, in Mario, there's even a precedent for this. Like, think Mario and Rabbids, several of the Mario games, people getting pulled into each other's worlds. Like, yeah. they make it part of the story, and so it's it's confining all these other things more to a Mario Maker style. But yeah, you get Samus in there, you get Simon Belmont in there. Basically, the license you have whoever negotiates the license for Smash Brothers. <laughs> just chuck everybody in there. <laughs> just get them back. Like, hey, we're just, you, you just call this there. this new game would just be called Super Mario Maker All Stars. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's got to start uh, them. I, I mean, also, I think Donkey Kong would be very likely oh, candidate yeah. because it's already a platform yes. uh, platform yes, history yes, there. Yes. Uh, and Mario's yeah first outing. Uh, that would be great. Yeah, that would be great. Some history there. Pac-Man in there somehow. This does raise a question, though, uh, and it's our, actually our next patron question that, like, I kind of have when we're talking about like the future of the of Mario Maker, and now like this very good argument from Don. I mean, it, it can go anywhere, but I think Don made a pretty good argument about why it's more likely we'll see it still focus on the Mario franchise than just spin off into something else completely. This is like the question about traditional 2D Mario, and this comes from Jeremy Ferris. Also, youngsters, uh, Skamor also asked the same exact question, so thanks to both of you. Could Mario Maker be the permanent answer to what Nintendo does with 2D Mario in the future? On the one hand, it kind of has a feel of, well, we can't figure out what to do with this. Why don't you all take a crack at it since we can't be bothered to? That's <laughs> in their quotes. Uh, but on the other hand, it has led to some truly incredible content from the devoted fans. What are our thoughts? So this in place of like them making potentially new original 2D Mario games again. Well, it's funny because this one had the story mode that I thought was pretty charming. It, it Obviously, it wasn't, you know, like they didn't reinvent the wheel or anything, but I thought it was cute and had a little story and the the overworld was um, engaging and interesting. So, like, you know, their magic isn't gone. And I think it's easy to to think like, oh, yeah, here, we don't have any ideas, you do it. But I mean, like, they had all the ideas that we have had, maybe not all, but like, they facilitated everything that we're doing with this game. Right. And like, nobody's broken it so far, really. So to me, this doesn't seem like washing their hands of it. It's just a fun, creative thing. And I don't think they're done with Mario, obviously. I just think that probably mainline 3d Mario just sells better now or would sell better. I I mean, maybe now, but historically 2d Mario's have been the bigger sellers. But oh, okay. Odyssey is Odyssey kind of big. bucking that trend. <laughs> it's it's you know up there third uh, third best selling Mario or second or third best. It's tied for third. Was, I think with Breath it was of the tied Wild. with Zelda. Yeah, yeah, at seventeen point four one million. But in the past, the new like New Super Mario Brothers when that came out and like its successors just destroyed like the Galaxy games. Galaxy games didn't even come close to the sales of those games. So people always thought two D Mario bread and butter. But I think they only released a port, the Wii U port, uh, and its DLC content. Uh, New Super Mario U came to Switch. Uh, New Super Mario U Deluxe. And then we got Super Mario Maker 2. And I, of course, always thought Super Mario Maker 2 would sell better because it's something new. It's more exciting. 
Uh, it's a follow-up to one of the more unique games on the Wii U, a platform that a lot of great games went to underperform or essentially die, if you want to put it that way. Uh, but they didn't really. They came back, and they're back stronger than ever. And I, I think this is this uh, this assumption or this line of thinking robs Nintendo of the their pedigree that when they really are on point, they are creative geniuses. They make things that were like, oh, wow, this was only could come from these these people. And I still think they could put out an amazing new original 2D Mario game. It could have a completely different art style than anything we've ever right, seen. There's yeah. just so many things they could go with that they can mess with, like a unique hook for the gameplay mechanic. It doesn't even have to be power-ups anymore, uh, that a new power-up. is something different. They always show they continuously can do something like that, and I don't have any reason to doubt that going forward. Well, and what's, what's beautiful about it, Damiani, what's beautiful about it is that one feeds the other. Like the next game, let's say the next Mario game to come out next 2d mario game to came out to come out uh has some new art style has some new mechanics which of course it would have new mechanics those can then go into mario maker 3 and on and on we go you know like there's yeah. you can't you can't lose really yeah. I, I yeah yeah i agree yeah i think um I, th- I think like, yeah, there was just a tiny bit of fatigue that happened with the 2D Marios because the, se- the, the, su- the rapid succession of those uh, new Super Mario Brothers yeah. that were released. And, and, but yeah, unquestionably, the level design that goes into actual Mario games is like uh, just an, a beautiful thing. I wouldn't ever question Nintendo, but I think this has been a wonderful opportunity for them because there was a little bit of that fatigue they had to step back a little bit mario maker has been a huge success and there is a lot of that sentiment of like oh well are you just going to let the fans you know pretty much take this over now i think a beautiful thing they could do in order to bring everything full circle with the next one is follow a uh, red links lead with which, which which is what they did with tri- one of the yeah. trials later trials where they released they can release the next 2D Mario that'll be the 2D Mario, but it'll have a segment of it that'll have like fan, basically fan created levels. Some of the best creators from Super Mario World or Mario Maker will be featured in the 2D Mario game at, with their polished levels that have been run through Nintendo's labs or whatever, you know, but it's essentially their levels just debugged. And that'd be the most beautiful marriage of the two that would bring everyone back on board together and it wouldn't feel like, oh, they're just leaving that behind and it would also make it feel unified. I think that'd be a really nice thing they could do. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Um, well, and, and like just- something that's beautiful about Mario Maker is like Don said before, it kind of, it can slough off the shackles of realism of like, adhering to an artistic Mm. vision of of a world of a cohesion you know like you can get levels where people do like just bonkers stuff that would never happen in a real mario game but that's the joy of it you know and so i think there's a place for that in in the mario maker kind of you know pantheon and then there is something just special about a cohesive world of the story and like you know here's the new mechanic here's what peach is up to you know like whatever so i think there's a place for both and i think it's awesome yeah that's so well put because it makes it a perfect kind of yeah it just makes it safe then for them to still feel like oh mario's not losing its integrity but there's still a place for this really wild crazy stuff to happen that some people crave 
you know what I mean? Without taking away from the uh, original. Because, I mean, like, in a sense, they saw Kaizo stuff being made, you know, like, they saw the the fans were doing this yeah. they saw the de- the the desire for it and they said probably very wisely they said i bet more people would love to get in on this if they knew how and if we made it easy and so they did like they they fulfilled a niche uh that was already there and you know that the existence of kaizo levels didn't take away from super mario world or anything you know it just enhanced the whole community so they just made it official <laughs> they put a ring on it yeah it's like mod support like officially endorsed mod yeah. support for, yeah. for mario yeah. as we think about it yeah is, it's uh, awesome yeah i'm really glad they've uh they embraced this and we got a sequel because even before mario maker 2 came out we always assumed mario maker was like one of the most uh obvious choices uh candidate for being brought over from wii u to switch and uh, instead of just getting an enhanced port we got a whole sequel I'm so happy about. It. I'm still happy about. Yeah, it. Yeah, that's what guys like. <laughs> so like, thrilled like, about it. Start I to know, wrap this, this up. Is how you feel. Yeah, you feel three, good. Yeah, I was gonna say update three. I mean, like I said earlier tonight, it's just reinvigorated me. Like my interest was not waning on it. It's just I was like a little distracted from it, and now I'm just pulled right back into it because uh, and the the world map maker and the thing I didn't mention from earlier, which is super super significant, is the ad the addition of the Koopalings is actually so satisfying because just having that enemy variety to play with is a massive addition you know the enemy types are a little tiny bit limited so so that was pretty huge actually well and and it 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 goes hand in hand so well with the world builder mode to just like hey you can have here's a bunch of different boss fights you can have like haha (laughs) you know it's great what a game yeah oh Sounds like both of you are still very pleased um, with Mario Maker 2 and uh, looking forward to what Nintendo has to offer in the future for potentially Mario Maker 3 or whatever new Maker game comes. Yeah. yeah. Th- this is something like, ha- like the Switch has quickly become my favorite console. And like, I I didn't grow up with Nintendo. I was a I was a Genesis kid. I was a PlayStation kid. You know, I never had a 64. I borrowed someone's GameCube, you know, for a like a month to play Resident Evil 4. I think that was like the longest I ever had in Nintendo besides my Game Boy SP. And like now like just the the quality of Nintendo stuff, first party stuff generally when it comes out of the the the, the factory is just they're just so on point that like think about Mario maker for two seconds and how easily breakable it should be. (laughs) Like this game should be a buggy nightmare and yet it just is rock solid. Like Like even, even animal crossing that has like weird balance problems. Sure. But like, I've been playing it for more than 200 hours and I think it's crashed on me once. And it was because the network failed. Like, nintendo online went down you know it's like it's it's rare to me to have a company that's their products are just this bulletproof generally i know they've had some missteps obviously but like yeah it, it i marvel at it i think it's also why sometimes they might be a little bit more reserved like we all the stuff we yeah. talked about tonight things we've asked for what we expected to be there and like potentially where they'll go in the future, the reason they might be a little bit more reserved and why they pick their battles and just put a few things, why they only put what they did into two is because they knew they could get that to work and have it locked down and have 
no the user experience be near flawless and not have the issues you were saying you would expect any other game developed you know like this to have um, I mean, and how I easy of, it should be to fall apart i kind of assume that that's why we can't rescue toad in human-made levels because there's probably some way to like exploit it and cause a memory leak or something that we haven't thought of you know like yeah it, they just couldn't get it to work consistently enough so they're like all right well we'll, yeah. we'll let them do it in our levels but meh, you know Definitely. Which yeah. is probably the right decision, obviously. They made yeah. because yeah, it'd be way, way, way more disappointing to have more assets available, but with the chance of even five percent of the time stuff locks up or things doesn't work, that'd be yeah. not, you know. Like can you good. imagine frame rate problems in this game? Like I know <laughs> that you can push it. You can obviously push it on purpose and make yeah. it obviously, but like most people's levels don't do that, you know. Yeah. It's hard You're to hit that, that wall. Thank you, both of you, for joining me to talk about Super yeah. Mario Maker 2, sharing your yeah. insights into this. Uh, I want to thank everyone who submitted questions uh, for this episode of Friend Code. Uh, to submit episodes for consideration for episodes of Friend Code, uh, you need to be a $5 or up patron, patreon.com slash easy allies. Uh, the week we're recording, I'll put up a post calling for your submissions, and that's how I do that. If you're a five dollar patron, that means you're only also part of our early access tier, which allows you to get episodes of Friend Code and other shows and podcasts a little bit early before they go public. Uh, and again, as every, uh, as usual, everyone else who's watching this on Friday when it goes up public, thank you for supporting the show in your own way by watching it. Um, we have some shout outs uh, we got to yeah. do for this episode. Um, so our shout outs for the month of May. So how I do it, I just read each one out and at the end all three of us say shout out together. No weird cadencing, no weird, yeah, ri everyone rises now. Let's do it together. Um, so thank you to all our shout outs for the month of May 2020. From those be Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, uh, Caleb Togi Crawford, El Thanis, Blue, and Jesse Blue. Shout, shout out. out. <laughs> Good enough. It's hard not to do it with the cadence. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just, yeah, as long as I'm just denying that we're doing it that way, each one has their own separate way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, we will, uh, I'm not sure if they're, yeah, news has been a little light lately, as you if it's expected. We've gone through speculation episodes. We've done two deep dive episodes. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not entirely sure what's going to go on for the, the next episode of Friend Code. Uh, I'll have to figure out a topic. It'll either be another deep dive episode or it might be, maybe we'll get some news. Who knows? Maybe one of these upcoming announcements uh, for the Summer Game Fest. Well, I'm still there with Nintendo, even though they denied that they're supposedly having any announcements anytime soon. But uh, we'll keep, uh, you know, open suggestions. If there's a game you wanted to see us maybe cover or something, we could try and make that work for you. But uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, I'll let you know what we're talking about next time. But until that next episode, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.